Hello everyone, here we are at Lesson 72. Holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. So now we've spent quite a few lessons trying to understand what a great big problem holding grievances turns out to be. So we've gotten that it gets in our way, and now it says it not only is in your way, it is an absolute, active, and deliberate assault on God's plan and the hope to destroy it. That does not sound smart at all. <laughs> and in the process of this, the attributes that belong to love or God are given to the ego and vice versa, because what the ego really wants to do is to replace God or to replace love and to be in charge and to be in control. Remember, we've already talked about how it sees its function as just how everybody else besides it needs to be different and to change so that everything works out. And that this wish that seems to surround the mind with a body keeps it seeming separate and alone, unable to reach anybody or anything else except through the vehicle of the body that was made to imprison it. This is the whole idea. And you might say, well, I don't really wish to replace God. And so one needs to say or ask, but do you want to be in control? Do you want to be right? Do you want to have the story of you be the predominant story that exists? And there's no way you could not say yes to that because that's what we've all been taught to do. This attempt to keep the body as a limitation is obvious here because you can't deny the fact that your ego really wants what it wants under all circumstances. It is perhaps not so apparent how and why holding grievances is an attack. And then it's very clear. What is it that we attack people for? We attack them for the things they say, the things they do, all the ways their behaviors and words upset us and betray, as it says, the hostile thoughts through those behaviors and through those words. And here's where the attack comes. We're not dealing with what the person is. We're not dealing with the presence. We're not dealing with the spirit. We're dealing exclusively with what he does with the body. That's different from what he is as a spirit. So it says we are doing more than failing to help one another. We're actively trying to imprison one another in all this confusion. And here is where it gets really weird. Okay, creator and created have to be alike because that's just the way it is. Any one thing, as it extends itself out, it extends out its characteristics. Okay, so now if we've decided that we are bodies primarily, and maybe there's a spirit thrown in there someplace, then obviously we must conclude that God or love is also a body. See how strange this is? And what could his plan be but death? Oh dear, the body's apparent reality makes this view of God convincing. 
And every grievance that we hold, and my goodness, we hold so many of them, insists that the body is real because you see the focus is on the body and what it does and what it says that you don't like. And in this process, it overlooks entirely the presence. And all of this focusing on grievances related to the activity of the body reinforces the idea that we're all bodies and we condemn ourselves and everyone else for it. It also asserts, and although this is a stretch, this is the way the logic leads us, that his salvation must be death, projecting this attack onto God. In other words, God's responsible for everybody's problems, not me. And then into this place of absolute insanity where this logic has led us, we decide, okay, the ego, which is just this collection of beliefs that we hope and wish and think about ourselves and all of the defenses that come along with that, we think, okay, so you're a body, do the best you can with it. Don't let yourself be deprived. Take whatever little bit you can get. Love didn't give you anything. You're just thrown out here on your own. So your body is your only savior. So whatever little things that the body might like, go ahead. And then it says, this is the universal belief of the world you see. The body is the centerpiece of our living here anyway. Some hate the body and try to hurt it. Others love the body and try to glorify it. But as long as the body stands at the center of what we think we are, then we are attacking God's plan for salvation, holding grievances against love, and you can't possibly hear the voice of truth and welcome it as a friend. Your chosen savior, the ego-body complex has risen to that place. It's now the voice that we want to hear. It's now the friend that we want to welcome. And love and everything that that offers to us has now become the enemy. Now, do you remember in the beginning where it says, everything you believe is 180 degrees off? Well, how could that be otherwise if we are 180 degrees off as to what we are fundamentally in the first place. If the truth is we are spirit, we are eternal deathless spirit, and the body represents a wish, naturally everything is going to be upside down and backward. This upside down perception has destroyed our peace of mind. It's caused us to have miserable, small lives where we always seem to be bereft and lonely and we don't have enough and we lack this and that and the other. We have seen ourselves as locked in a body and the truth is out there somewhere. You can tell that that's what we believe because we keep looking for whatever the truth is out there someplace. I certainly did for a really long time and I bet you have too. So now we're going to try to just write this terrible, upside-down, backwards situation. The truth is in us, where it was placed in our creation. And it's the body that's outside us, and we don't have to worry about it. Well, does that not sound just impossible? Like, how could I possibly be a responsible person and 
not pay attention to the body and make it the centerpiece of my life. <laughs> it says, well, to be without the body is your natural state. To recognize the light of truth as us, in us, right where we are, is to finally recognize ourselves. And to see the self as unrelated to the body is finally the end of the attack and possibly to accept his plan instead. And wherever his plan is accepted, it's already done. Already done? Yes, you see, the ego's plan never, ever works out. So its accomplishment is always in the future someplace, which of course never comes. And it says, oh, my dears, this plan has already been accomplished on your behalf. So we're just attacking blindly and we don't know what we're attacking. We don't recognize the truth and we're just in a terrible fix. So it says, you are so confused about this. What will make you safe? What you are? How you're going to be happy? Where your support comes from? Just stop everything and ask, really with an open mind, what is salvation, Father? Or another way to say it, how do I feel love and safe and happy and joyful and embraced and connected? I don't have any idea. Tell me. I really do want to understand. And then we want to be quiet. It says we have so constantly attacked the plan by getting all tied up and wanting my ego to be the most important thing in the world and holding grievances against everybody else. I, I don't have a clue. I haven't been able to listen. So now we want to stop that and we want to be able to hear and we want to ask with sincerity, what is salvation? So now we're not just going by all of the ego stuff we learned about. This is how you get to be important. This is how you get to be powerful. This is how you get people to like you. This is how you get to be safe. We're not asking that of our little defense strategy called the ego. We're now asking of the truth of that which created us. And then anytime this just feels too weird for words, just stop whatever you're doing and repeat this. What is salvation, Father? I don't know. Tell me. I don't know how to feel connected and loved and safe. And if you ask with even the small amount of sincerity, you'll get it. And then one or two of the shorter practice periods are going to be enough for today because the short ones are even a little bit longer than the other ones because we're going to wait a few minutes in silence to hear an answer. And these exercises should begin with Holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. I want to accept it instead. I don't want to attack love's plan for me, for me to be joyous and happy and connected and free and safe. So let me know what your plan is because I want to accept it instead of this giant, insane mess that I have made instead. Wait a minute listen. Just keep listening for this. Keep letting go of grievances as you become aware of them during the day and recognizing the plan for your happiness has already been accomplished for you. So now you just need to ask and say, what is it? How do I access it? How do I finally come to the source to say, 
how do I feel safe and loved and happy and all is well. I sure hope you have a wonderful day practicing. Bye.